0: This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Town, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And it is Wednesday, which means we're joined by journalist Chip Gibbons. Hey, Chip. Hello. Hello, Chip is the policy director over at the excellent organization defending rights and dissent, though he speaks on his own behalf every week on Chip Chat. And I know we are now less than a week away from the U.S. presidential election, which is a horrifying, horrifying prospect uh, itself. Uh, All the different ways it could go.
1: All of the time, just on edge.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're 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 living in a psychological thriller right now, um, but we are just uh, three days away from Halloween at this point.
1: A, a better holiday. Yeah, a better day.
0: A better holiday, yeah. and you have been preparing, Chip, by watching. I, figure, I have. Well, been. let me just let me just let me just say that you know normally we talk about really scary stuff, uh, government overreach, uh, extrajudicial killings, mass surveillance. Uh, the Espionage Act being used to throw journalists and sources and whistleblowers into prison for the rest of their life. Um, but we figured we'd, we'd lighten it up a bit this week with Halloween just around the corner. And you have spent all month watching horror movies, right?
1: I have. I have. Um, so I don't even know what month of the lockdown it is now. But earlier in the lockdown, I think maybe it was June i decided to get a projector since i figured we were never going to go to the movie theaters ever again and i could get a projector even after the
0: pandemic it's it's unlikely movie theaters will still exist i i i i i
1: I, i've seen your tweets on that i I think i i I don't know i don't i don't i don't know i think that um there are certain elements of the movie theater experience that cannot be replicated at home Uh, I imagine there'll still be, you know, people who want to go see Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo on like, you know, 32 millimeter at a uh, cinema. Uh, You know, will there still be people who want to go see um, Frat Brothers breaking beer cans on their head part five at, at, at a movie theater? I don't know. But, you know, missing the movie theater experience, I got uh, a projector. I'm, I'm very satisfied with it. And uh, first film I watched on it was, was Vertigo because I felt like Alfred Hitchcock's classic film, Vertigo, is a great way to break in a projector. But since, you know, I really like Halloween, I really like the Halloween time spirit. Uh, and since I'm, you know, not really allowed to leave my house, I decided I really want to mark Halloween in a particular way this month. So starting on October the 1st, I started this ridiculous idea of just commemorating uh, the season by watching movies on my projector fairly regularly. I haven't quite made it every night, Hmm. but, but close to it. I believe you've seen the list of what ones I've watched so far. Um, I still have the the best in some ways is yet to come. I'm still planning on watching uh, Night of the Hunter, which is a classic film, unfortunately, that it was not uh, well received when it came out, causing the director to never make another film. Uh, But it's now considered one of the greatest films of all times. Uh, It's a great film to watch at any time, not just during Halloween. I think I've watched it two or three times already during the lockdown um it uses a lot of sort of german impressionist uh film techniques so there's just these gorgeous shots of like you know it's like one of the black and whites versus like the real strong contrast between the two and, and, and the lighting and shadows and whatnot and it's really uh just a f- fantastic film to view just just visually i'm a bit of a philicity i'm not actually a, a film person so pardon me if i don't actually use the right uh, language to describe what's up.
0: well you're not going to get corrected by us we're not exactly film I'm experts either
1: right and and crack. so that one's still coming up and I also plan to watch the original Halloween on Halloween I plan on watching The Machinist which is a I think underappreciated favorite of mine and also the original Nightmare on Elm Street though I will say I will say I have already viewed uh, the first sequel, uh, *Nightmare on Elm Street* Part Two: Freddy's Revenge*, which I really appreciate as a film. For those who are not familiar with it, it is the one that has the um, homoerotic subtone, subtext, or some people would argue more more overtones. And it was not well received by critics when it came out. But in the last 10 years or so, it's become a sort of cult classic um, because of the clear sort of homoerotic uh, subtext, which the director and writer for a long time denied. Uh, the main actor in it, I believe his name is Mark Patton, uh, was really felt like the film destroyed his career because he was, he was gay, but he was not openly so. And he felt like that the writer and director were really putting this sort of homoerotic stuff in there to like make him look foolish or fuck with him or, or, or or, or just sort of exploit him. Um, And that, uh, that just, he felt like ruined his career and he left acting afterwards, but he has Hmm. since um, sort of taken delight in the fact that the second night around Elm street has become a sort of, cult classic and, and it, it is very different um plot wise from the other films like people who are familiar with night around elm street would know it's been a few kind of like a decade since i think i've seen the original one i'm gonna watch it on saturday but um hopefully i'm getting this right but like you know the kids have the dreams and then in the dreams freddy krueger stalks them and if he kills them in the dream they die in real life Uh, And that's basically the plot for most of the sequels. Freddy Krueger kills people in their dreams. But in the second one, that's not the way things work. So I think that sort of departure there is a big reason for um, why people sort of used to think of it as a lesser one. Instead of sort of haunting people in their dreams, this young man moves into the house where where the previous movie took place. And, you know, Freddy Krueger possesses his body in order to carry out sort of these grisly crimes. And it it very clearly is um, sort of, you know, a bit of a metaphor there going on with with things. Um, And I actually really like it. I I think it works as a standalone film. Like, I think if it was not a sequel to the original *Night on Elm Street and just like this random film I think I would still really really like it um, I, I actually I, I would highly recommend checking it out I think it's a pretty pretty good film I think it's a pretty pretty good portrayal of, of, of I just think it's a good film I rec- I recommend it
0: what are your thoughts on the sort of uh, the, the, the the big budget slasher? Uh, classics from the 90s scream i know what you did last summer i guess those were both by wes craven weren't they
1: i believe wes craven did scream i don't believe he did i know what we did last summer uh wes craven also did the original nightmare on elm street scream is considered to be an example of sort of postmodernism in, in cinema, it's it's sort of considered to be a postmodernist horror film, and that it's very self-aware and self-referential in a way that is very late '90s. Uh, I haven't watched Scream as part of my film, my film festival of one, I guess two, if you count my cat who likes to like sit in the way of the projector and appear in the films. Um, i do like scream i don't feel like the 90s were in general a terribly great time culturally for one thing everyone's clothes were too baggy uh <laughs> you know people's clothes were too baggy bill clinton was the president uh just real terrible also you know uh one of my favorite songs of of all time is uh gary newman or um two way armies uh down in the park and it was i believe released in 78 or 79 and it was covered continuously throughout the 90s by like marilyn manson foo fighter and like it's a brilliant beautiful song and all of these covers of it just make it terrible so you know that to me is the ultimate metaphor for the cultural uh wasteland that is the 90s is these like Marilyn Manson Foo Fighter type bands covering what is the greatest song of all times down in the park and somehow I don't know how you fuck up down in the park but 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 managing to do so
0: I do remember a lot of um of critical praise for the movie The Babadook which I did see but um like with a lot of movies, uh, I was too high and I don't remember any of it. Uh, <laughs> like I can't even remember a single scene from the dang movie. Uh, it, was it worth it? Is that a, is that a good is that a good movie I to check out? I
1: really liked The Batadook. I saw it on Netflix shortly after it came out in 2014 or 2015 and was, I will confess, uh, underwhelmed because it got a huge uh, critical acclaim. But I went back and watched it for the first time and I guess five or six years on October the 14th of this year. I have the dates of when I watched each of these movies in front of me because I'm that kind of a person. And I really liked it. I liked it so much I watched it a second time. Um, And I think it's a really good portrayal of grief and sort of the horror of grief. And it it compares to me to a film that also got a lot of acclaim that I feel quite negatively about, which is the film uh, Hereditary, mm. which I'm not going to go off on, but I, sh- I-, I go back and forth on whether or not the film has any redeeming qualities or not. Um, the first time I watched it, I almost had a panic attack, right? And I feel like any film that can like induce the feeling of like almost having a panic attack in you is, is I guess, in some ways... You know you have to give it credit, and I did spend a lot of time thinking about it. But I I thought the ending totally destroyed the film. um, On second viewing, it was just not worth watching. I did not have any of those feelings, and you know I I don't want to. I want to be careful about spoilers here. But I ultimately just think Hereditary is a very emotionally manipulative and and cowardly film. And the emotional manipulation starts with sort of the misrepresentation of the film in the film's trailer, which prepares you to think uh, this is a bit of a spoiler coming up. You might want to plug your ears if you haven't seen it, that one of the characters is going to be the main character and that character dies uh, very early in, in the film so, you're, so that's just sort of you know emotionally manipulative but what I ultimately really felt about it is that the film sort of refuses to own up to the fact that part of the cruelty and, and terror of death is just sort of the immutable randomness of, of, of tragedy and that there's this scene where somebody dies in, in, in what seems to be an accident and and that was really sort of an anxiety inducing for me because you know you you can imagine what you would do if you were in that situation like thinking oh if only I hadn't done this other minor thing this major thing wouldn't have happened it's like a split second thing that happens and it changes things forever and you know you you can think about how you think about like 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 not that a inanimate object is, is comparable to human life but think about like times you've like accidentally like broken your favorite wine glass or, or something like that it's just like a split second and it's like oh I really wish you know I could have undone that or you know a, a freak series of events but you know instead of that you know you break a person or or that you love or care about and like they're gone forever because you didn't swerve the right way on the road or or something like that and that's you know totally random there's really nothing you can do about that and that's totally totally fear and and anxiety inducing and i spend a lot of time um meditating on on sort of the inherent randomness of tragedy and how it is you know that randomness and lack of control from which i think our fear here um uh, uh flows i know um I know Sigmund Freud distinguishes between uh, fear, fright, and dread. I, I, I think as one for him is uh, comes from um, a fixation on a specific object. One comes from surprise, and then one is sort of this sort of general uh, apprehensiveness towards something either knowing, knowing or unknowable. That is, it is a danger, right? So I, 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 I guess. You know, I, I do think a lot about sort of the, 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 the fear, if you will, of like being part of sort of the randomness of tragedy. But but then Hereditary has this ending that completely nullifies it. And you can go back and watch the whole film and everything that happens and it has a second meaning that is just stupid and heavy handed. And I think this is where a lot of horror films go wrong is that they come up with these endings that try to explain everything that happened for the last you know, hour and a half, two and a half hours, depending on, on the length of the film, and sort of summing it up with this sort of, you know, all encompassing explanation like, oh, and in this scene when the window broke, it was because of this. And then when the microwave did the thing, it was that. All the same sort of, uh, all this same sort of, you know, overarching narrative, everything can be, be, be explained. And on the one hand, these explanations are, you know, usually quite uh ham-fisted and and dumb um but on the other hand they negate the true terror of the film which is the 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 fear of of the unknown Mm -hmm. the lack of control we have over our own lives and destiny as well as the inherent randomness of tragedy and when you sort of take away those things and have like a sinister force that like Every time the window rattles, is 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 behind it for some sort of dumb, dumb reason. Um, you know, you're 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 sort of rendering the film impotent, right? Like the real source of terror has now been nullified and negated because the film is too cowardly to truly confront that. It's willing to toy with it and manipulate it, but it's not willing to ultimately allow it to be. And, and I'm I'm not saying that all films should be incoherent messes uh you know um a lack of explanation is also a sign of a bad can can be a sign of a bad film i think there are films where things are explained uh with with credible um explanations that work well i think both psycho uh alfred hitchcock's psycho i go back and forth between whether or not vertigo or psycho is my favorite hitchcock film and of course my favorite hitchcock film would be my my favorite film uh, but I'm I'm not too worried about spoilers with this one. But right, you you know that you know Norman Bates, uh, he has this sort of weird Freudian psychosexual thing going on where he murders women who he who cause him to, who he feels you know sexually attracted to. That um, you know this stems from his relationship with his mother. That he finds his mother has taken a lover and fears she's going to leave him, so he poisons her. He can't cope with the fact of having committed matricide. I believe the psychiatrist says in the ending dialogue, you know, matricide is one of the most unbearable crimes to live with. So he imagines the mother is real. and it, it, it sort of goes in some ways to, I think, uh, Sigmund Freud's theory of, of fetishism, which on a, a literal level is, is absurd and kind of sexist. I, I'm not even going to go into that. But, but, but what 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 it is on a sort of a larger level is this idea that the body fixate or the mind fixates on a particular source because it cannot comprehend or face the ramifications of a particular truth and that this particular point of fetishization or fixation allows us to sort of both know and not know that that truth at the same time uh, um theory of, of um of fetishism to talk about uh, the Nazis anti-Semitism, right? The Nazi anti-Semitic Project uh per acknowledges, you know, certain things about global capital, but then instead of saying capitalism is the problem, it puts them all on Jewish people and then sort of license anti-Semitic violence. So this sort of anti-Semitic fixation on like Jewish bankers or Jewish finance or whatever, allows you to both sort of acknowledge sort of economic turmoil. I'm not saying you have to buy this. I'm just saying that I think this is a a good use, a good explanation of what Freud was talking about. Whereas it it allows you to sort of acknowledge those sorts of uh, economic problems without actually acknowledging the true problem, which is capitalism. So I, I think I think there's a bit of that going on in Psycho. I think The Machinist, which is going uh, to be my viewing later this week and is, I think, an underappreciated film, is also a film that has an explanation that works in the end. I'm not going to give it away because I think it's less known than Psycho. That's, but that's my- the movie
0: where Christian Bale loses like 100 pounds to play the role.
1: Yes, he is dangerously thin. Uh, it is terrifying to watch him scrub his floor with a toothbrush and all of his bones protruding. But I I will say that like Psycho, the ultimate explanation has something to do with memory and consciousness and repression. So I I think these sorts of explanations that sort of rely on sort of more, I don't know, psychoanalytical experiences work better than like the shit you see on American Horror Story where it's like, all of the clowns attacking you are part of this one plot to elect this person to city council. Very um, <laughs> different types of explanations. Uh, but but going back to the badaduk, I, I think the badaduk succeeds where hereditary fails, and I think it's ultimately just a really good film. And I think it is a film that looks at sort of you know you know there's a, a, a monstrous figure in it, but the real horror comes from grief. It comes from tragedy. It comes from the fact that her husband died driving to the hospital, which is, you know, ultimately goes back to what I what I, I say about you know the cruelty of death, in part being from its uh, randomness. And, and I think in in hereditary, you know, there's 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 two deaths mentioned. One of which the person was dying for a long time, and it was you know I don't say planned death, but you knew it was coming. And the reaction to that is very different than sort of the death that is sudden and unexpected. So I do think randomness and, and lack of control uh, is a huge part of a good horror our film tragedy. Yeah.
0: Well, and uh, when it comes to hereditary and false advertising, it reminds me of the uh, '90s thriller uh, airplane hijacking thriller. Executive decision with a star-studded cast. This isn't a horror movie. Star-studded cast. What's that?
1: I've never seen or heard of this film, but well, go I'm, on.
0: I'm about to give a spoiler on it. Um, that's well, I not, probably won't be watching it. Yeah, so. I don't think you will either. It it, it, it was a film built with all these stars like um, Steven Seagal, Kurt Russell, John Leguizamo, uh, and some other people. And then in like the first 15 minutes... Uh, Stephen Seagal is like decapitated or killed somehow, and maybe he's not decapitated, but he does die. I'm just like, what the hell? I thought this was going to be a Seagal film, and it, it wasn't at all. So yeah, I, I understand. So that do you feeling. think
1: that was to lead you into the film based on Seagal's reputation in order to to make you want to watch it? where You wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Or you- that's like hereditary where it's openly and blatantly an act of emotional manipulation.
0: It's not the same. It's not the oh, same yeah. case. It was just like, oh, we've got this big star, Steven Seagal. You want to watch his latest movie? And then he's dead in the first 15 minutes.
1: Because <laughs> I'm very fixated on how like emotionally manipulated I feel by hereditary. I also like the director of that film. is not a very good director. I did not enjoy mm, I I enjoyed it. The but... Wicker Man instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, have you seen uh the mothman prophecies
1: i've seen that a long time ago with uh with richard Gere, and it's based on a book and i read the wikipedia article about the book one time and like the guy who wrote it is even more off the wall and like really out there conspiracy theories in the film would even let you believe
0: yeah it's um I I watched it last night um, and and somewhat somewhat enjoyed it, although I I, I immediately was turned off by the main characters because like at the very beginning of the movie, and this isn't integral to the plot or anything, but Richard Gere and his wife are like looking at a new house that they're about to purchase and they've got like the real estate agent in the house with them and the real estate agent is like, yeah, go ahead and look around the house and they like go up into the bedroom and immediately start trying to have sex. And it's just like what are you what are you people doing there's a real estate agent downstairs and the real estate agent catches them like immediately because they're i don't know I
1: remember seeing <laughs> I was like that. I don't like these
0: people. These people are freaks. Uh I don't care what happens to I them for the rest of the movie. I
1: seeing that film in theaters and and immediately picking up on like how horny Richard here was. Yeah.
0: He was very horny. Like, like it was
1: it me so. Yeah. Um I think Richard Gere just wanted us to know that women find him viable. Uh,
0: Richard Gere uh, was always my mom's favorite actor. So I grew up uh, watching <laughs> a fuck ton of Richard Gere movies. Um, well, very good I, one that is also kind of frightening is Primal Fear with Edward Norton. I don't I've know if you all uh, have seen that, but it's uh, worth checking out. Um, Maybe Richard Gere can play Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Tubin's not nearly hot enough for Richard Gere to play him. He could wear makeup, I've just thought, because he's already played a horny guy <laughs> who uh, does. Is weird it the
1: horny in guy in all where he... of his films?
0: Yeah, now? Richard Gere is perpetually playing a horny guy. That's that's his that's his role in film, and the well, women maybe, love it. Maybe Jeffrey Tubin is the part he was born to play. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But he's
1: a horny guy with other people who find him viable, not someone who forgot to turn his Zoom uh, camera off. I think those are different different self images. I think I think playing Jeffrey Tubin might actually uh, negate the self image that Richard Gere is trying to uh, portray of himself as someone who has a lot of sexual intercourse with women. Well, what? maybe he's looking for a challenge
0: as an actor, but still wants I, to say something. That's you clearly
1: have a fixation <laughs> on uh, Jeffrey Tubin on your mind. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Freud. I, I wonder what a psychoanalyst would, uh, would say about that. You might think traditional Freudian psychoanalyst analysis is no longer practiced, but I can actually give you several referrals. For a Freudian analyst in the D.C. area, Sam, if you would like to do your Jeffrey Tubin problem uh, more more professionally, I am not actually trained in psychoanalysis, and thus, in the interest of ethics, have to terminate all discussions of Jeffrey Tubin with you because I lack the professional training to to adequately care for you.
0: If, if we get to the point of a Jeffrey Tubin biopic, a lot has gone wrong between now uh, and then. Um, one movie that uh, uh, that doesn't give itself away or promise, well, I mean, I guess it, it promises to be something that it's not, but in a good way. Um, it's not on your list for this month, but Cabin in the Woods. Uh, is that a movie you've seen, Chip?
1: I've not, but Amazon wants me to watch it.
0: Oh, I suggest checking it out i think uh i
1: I do so i i'm uh this is a real like i've been in the house too long first world problem but like the the number of days to halloween are 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 like dwindling at the number of films i would like to watch that are horror films are like more the number of days so i'm feeling panic like what film do i pick i have to pick pick the right one and of course i can watch whatever movie whenever i want yeah you can extend Um,
0: this into november
1: but but it, it, it then it wouldn't be part of my halloween my halloween film festival series though it'd just be watching a horror film in november and the film festival series has to have the perfect selection mm. uh like i said this is not a real problem this is probably why i can give sam uh so many referrals for analysis um um so, so I don't know if you want some final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's, 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 ra- let's wrap this up. If yeah, if if so you I'm had gonna- to suggest for someone who's, who's looking for a horror movie for Halloween, uh, based on what you've seen this month or before this month, you know, what would you throw out there for him?
1: So I, I like a lot. I'm going to post the full list online. Uh, it only goes up to October the 27th at this point. Um, but but I'll post the full thing October the 31st. Obviously, I'm going to watch Halloween and the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street on on Halloween. But in terms of films, the first film I viewed this month was an Icelandic film called Rift uh, that is on Canopy. I think it's also on Amazon. And you can buy it from Comcast if you have Comcast. But but it is definitely available for free through through Canopy and it's a very interesting film uh it's it's an lgbt film it's this 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 gay couple that's broken up and the one has moved on has a new partner and he gets a call from the other one in the middle of the night that he's gone up to his parents cabin in the middle of nowhere and it's a weird sounding call and then he shows up at the cabin and and hangs around and um it's not like a slasher film or like an evil dead type film. It's more, more, more Hitch, Hitchcockian or psychological. And I think it's an underappreciated film and I, I really recommend it. Um, you know, also I'm gonna say, you know, Psycho, Night of the Hunter, Diabolique are all classics, you know, classics that you should view. On Halloween or not on Halloween, but uh, I want to give a big push for for Rift because it's this sort of uh, Icelandic LGBT-themed horror film that I, I think is um, less less well known than it should be.
0: We didn't even uh, get into how Texas Chainsaw Massacre relates to Marx, but we'll save that uh, for another.
1: I, I will give a brief. I will give a brief. Okay. Thing. I, I haven't seen it for several. Months. like a decade I'm debating whether or not I want to watch it I don't consider myself to be a big genre fan anymore but when I was in middle school I was super into violent horror films and when I was watching Hellraiser this month I was feeling a little squeamish so I don't I don't clearly have the same stomach for this as much as I used to but if you go back and, and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre the reason why the grandfather uh left his job at the slaughterhouse was the introduction of Uh, machinery and industrialization and he wasn't technically displaced he left voluntarily but if you think about it it sort of talks about what marx talks about whereas you know capitalism reproduces itself uh and through the drive to accumulate the capitalists invest more and more in labor saving technology thus uh increasing the productivity of the worker but also displacing workers and thus increasing the general, uh, misery of the working class.
0: Hmm. Well, there it is. So, uh, check that one out too. I guess you're saving that one for, uh, just before Halloween, you said you're closing this out I, with Halloween, the original.
1: I may watch it tonight or tomorrow. I'm not, I'm un, I was originally going to watch it and I'm undecided if I do in fact want to go back and revisit it or if I want to watch like lost boys instead the vampire
0: film. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Chip Gibbons. Thanks again uh, for doing this. Check out his podcast, Still Spying. And uh, check him out every Wednesday here on District Sentinel Radio for Chip Chat. Thanks, Chip. Of course. Thanks. It was fun. Yeah, that was fun.